Hot Tub Beers is meant for entertainment purposes with a side of beer education. Each episode may contain offensive and off-color humor. Our intended audience is people 21 years of older who love beer and laughter. Thistle Draft Shop in Spring, Texas is the model for craft beer bars in the Lone Star State. Both best in Texas and top 50 in the nation for craft beer bars in 2019 and 2020. With over 200 selections in the cooler and 60 beers on tap, Mary Thorne and her staff stay true to her mission of bringing independent craft to the people that love it. In addition to the beer selection, there are dozens of craft seltzers and ciders to wet your palate, all independently brewed, ranging from things you see every day to rare barrel-aged versions. An incredible wine selection rounds out a beverage menu that can only be topped by the carefully crafted food that leaves the scratch kitchen. Elevated gastro-probe cuisine, ranging from truffle fries to blue cheeseburgers to charcuterie boards. Visit on Taco Tuesday or Steak Wednesday for a unique offering that will never be repeated. Give them a visit at 5210 FM 2920 in Spring, Texas for a unique experience that will bring you back again and again and again. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. So we're we're gonna take a trip to Broussard, Louisiana. Okay, so in Broussard, Louisiana, we got a brewery called Parish Brewing. Alright. Uh, very popular beer, the Ghost in the Machine. Okay, we've all had the Ghost Machine here. Um, citra hops, nice citrus flavors, um, incredible beer. Okay, hazy. Super popular at Thistle Draft Shop, Jake. This is one of the more popular ones that you're seeing, correct? Oh, without a doubt, across the city. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go into some variants of the Ghost of the Machine here today. Okay, so Ghost of the Machine. <clears throat> y'all tell me. So, so y'all know a little bit more of the story of the Ghost of the Machine, and and I'll jump in where I'm able to interpret it. But kind of give me the story, the background, like this this beer. What's the, oh, Jake's pointing to Cicerone, <laughs> Jacob Baker here. I'm going to put the title on him. Um, so tell us, this kind of your background, what do you know about this beer and the story behind it, and catch us up. Yeah, so uh, as, uh, ideally, you know, it's, I think it's what happens to any home brewers or any brewer brewers out there. You, you try a beer and you're like, holy crap, this is amazing. And then... Uh, and then you're like, I kind of want to make something like this. Uh, so I know when I spoke to Andrew, he was talking about uh, trying one of my other favorite beers, Hetty Topper. And he said he liked it. He liked what they did with it. And he wanted to make one of those for, you know how it is. You make beer for your people. And uh, kind of like brew dogs, they, make, they, they wanted to bring craft beer to their area you know, of the world. And so that's kind of what happened here. He, he wanted to make a nice, hazy beer. For the people in Louisiana, and that's what he did. He said, "I'm on the track to do that," and he came out with a couple of trials here and there, and then finally settled in with a Ghost of the Machine. Okay, so why Ghost? What's the Ghost of the Machine mean? So, uh, if you ever had a chance to meet Andrew, he uh, is—he is a brewer for sure. And what I mean by that is, brewers are always very eccentric, but they're also very, very smart people. Very nerdy. Very ner <laughs> big nerds. <laughs> big nerd energy. Uh, but he's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, I can't remember the literature uh, where it came from, but it speaks about, uh, um, you know, people's uh, cognitive uh, reality and how, you know, basically we're all kind of living inside of this cogs of machines working uh, every day, and and sometimes you kind of lose a little bit here and there, and uh, he's talked about that with IPAs, how IPAs are so 
prevalent and powerful in uh, American culture, beer culture, and uh, and how that's kind of where it came from. Just we're all kind of ghosts in the machine now. Just following the IPA train that's around everywhere. You have to. And, and that's what I kind of get it like this. So, you know, the little I read, and y'all were here with the little I read, like the, the, the collective human consciousness right here. This is, this, we're the, collectively with a ghost running in the machine day in day out rats in the rat race right and so i don't know i always like one of my favorite movies ever is the matrix yeah okay so that's 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 the immediately what sparks this right like is this really real are we really here in the hot tub or is this just a program of a beer that we're tasting and our taste buds are programmed to taste whatever this is so which pill are you taking Red or blue? Oh, I'm going down the rabbit hole, baby. <laughs> I'm going deep. Going deep. Yeah. I, that The citrus nose on that is amazing. It's really good. Mm -hmm. I, and I think what differentiates it, like, it is a little bit more powerful than the regular Ghost Machine. You, you can tell that there's a little bit more hops in there. They've made it a little bit more, uh, a little bit more powerful. Now, I have not sampled it yet. Have y'all sampled it yet? Oh, yeah. Okay, so tell me, Jake, what I you mean, got? I haven't stopped sampling it yet. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? It's one of those beers where you look at it, it's, it's so hazy. Um, it's one of those things you just you don't want to look at and say, yeah, that's an IPA. Uh, but, I mean, the second it hits your lips, it's, it's just so inherently every status of what an IPA is. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in the hazy. You, then you throw in the juicy on top of it. I mean, it, it just has so much complexity to it with with the citrus notes and there's a mild pine note to it that's not yes. really in your face but it's there and the the mouthfeel is just so perfectly carbonated uh so perfectly consistent and lingering overall this is i think one of uh the the standards for what a ddh hazy ipa should be I, yeah i, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on board 110%. Like, so one of my problems with IPAs in the past has been like, there's there's been IPAs that I've drank to where they're just throwing hops in there just for the sake of throwing hops in there. There's no balance. There's a, how much can we split your tongue with these fucking hops? Mm -hmm. And so this one, tons of hops. We've double dry hopped this thing, but the type of hops that they've been in, coupled with the malt bill that they've put into it, it it balances itself. You get the bitterness of the hops, but it's not, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't sting you. It's dry. It's a dry beer to me, yeah. um, but it's it's very well balanced. You get the flavor of the hop. You get the flavor of the malt. You, you get the feeling that when I'm drinking this, this is what a double dry hopped IPA should taste like mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. No, and you're right. It has a, a, a nice little adventure on your tongue there. It's got the... Uh, like I said, dry, almost like a champagne wash. It does. You know, but there's resin that stays behind. The hop resin stays behind, so you do get to appreciate it a little bit longer. Uh, great great use of citra hops, which is, I mean, I think that's the USA standard for uh, for uh, IPAs nowadays, uh, which nothing wrong with that. It's probably one of the, the best ones out there, so you yeah. can kind of use that one. Uh, and uh, you can definitely tell it's got a little bit more kick, which Ghost already has a kick to it. Yes. People out there, please stop serving ghosts in tall 22-ounce glasses. <laughs> Amen. If you're doing Amen. that, stop that. That's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, maybe it is. Just make sure you're, you're you know, supervising your people. But um, but no, and like you said, it's, I mean, 
you could probably trick. I can. I wouldn't do this, but you can. I could probably trick my nephew into drinking this because it's got like an orange juice. Tro not not real orange juice, but like a Tropicana, yeah. the artificial orange juice type stuff. Yeah, it's got it looks like that in a glass. If you look yeah, at it. it does look like that, <laughs> but it doesn't like. So I've had some IPAs where, and we talked about this as well, to where they come out like orange juice with a little bit of hop on the end. This, yeah. the, you get the orange flavor, but this is beer. Mm -hmm. There's no mistaking. This is an IPA, and it's. I know it's good. I, I know I'm kind of I'm kind of man crushing over this beer right now. To be completely honest. Well, before we go too far, do we want to go ahead and rate this one because it's already in my brain? It's already there. <laughs> we we can do that. We can do we can do the the rating as the segment goes. I mean, you're the guest, sir. I just I just want to go ahead and put this out here, right? Okay. Uh, so we've talked about this before about I don't believe in reserving the highest score for something that is once in a hundred years flavor kind of thing. Um, this one in my life, I think is just an absolute four out of four, right? So let's, let's really discuss that. It is perfect for any part of the day. It's Agreed. not so aggressive that you can't have it for breakfast. It's not so aggressive that you can't have it for dinner. Uh, it's not too underwhelming. So you can't have it for lunch. It is an absolute perfect drink all day. Um, it's, it's flavor integrity is there. Uh, I've had this one before and I'll have it again. You can let this rest in your fridge for 60 to 90 days, and you're not going to lose anything out of the flavor, which is very peculiar for an IPA. It's just so well brewed. Um, you know, this is an all-around, if you see a can of DDH Ghost in the machine, do not pass that up, or you'll kick yourself in the butt, or you'll just will have no idea that you just missed out on a very crucial part of the beer industry. Yes, and this is, this is one of those ones where we, we talked about can art before. The can art on this is is pretty fucking cool. Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. it's 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 explosive yet subdued at the same time. Like your background, there's not much going on in the background, but in the foreground, you got the skull with the hot brain, and it differs from the ghost of the machine in the sense that now in the double dry hop ghost of the machine, we've got lasers busting through the brain and opening mm -hmm. it and opening it the fuck up, right? Um, with purple blood. That, that actually kind of looks like Jake during Warzone. <laughs> Getting tore up. You gotta bring so, it up. But exactly. it's it's the perfect Jake, blend. You're not good at video games. I'm very good at video games. Thank you very much. But it's it's the perfect balance between simplicity and complexity. I Agreed. mean, it is so clean, so silver, so iridescent, but yet in the heart of of the actual focal point, it is explosive with detail. You know, mm -hmm. and it, to me, um, from a marketing standpoint, it's a design dream. Well, it's kind of cool because they. They've developed this brand so much where if I see that skull on the front, I know what I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. And if I'm looking at the front of that can, it's hard to find the name. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find the name, but I know what it is. It's iconic. It yeah. is. It is. They've, they've, they've done a really it's good one job. The, one, and that, there's a, uh, we talked about with Prairie. I like their art. I actually like these guys' arts here. You know, I like a good art. Like, And I know that's the, the beer should always be number one. Yeah. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. But... You can have some great, great liquid in today's world, and if you don't have any kind of can art or bottle art or something, to, uh, you know, you might get lost. Unfor so, okay. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. So in I'm going to I'm going to ask you this then. The same thing question I asked Jake earlier on the on the uh, brewing project episode. Have you ever had a can of beer that where the art was fucking beautiful, and that's why you pulled it out? But then when you tasted it, you're like, 
Oh fuck, they got me. Oh for sure. Okay. For sure. Okay, so name one. So name, name one. one. Name somebody one. in the industry, name one. Oh man. I guess let me think real quick. Uh I think now I don't hate all their beers, but Android Theory, have you ever seen their cans? They have some really cool can art. But there was one beer that I had of theirs that was just a bum. It was a really? bum. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. You made sure to not name anything local. Oh, I don't know Android Theory. <laughs> yeah. Where are they? Well, is that Atlanta? No, uh, I actually don't even know, man. It's one of those beers I got off of Tabor, so. Uh, but they okay. have really cool, like, just like crazy artwork. Like, it's, it looks like tattoos. Yeah. Like that kind of style. Um, but locally, uh. Oh, man. I can't really think of anyone locally that, like, their artwork, like, just blows my balls off. I'm glad you got uh, those. Yeah. So, so your balls are blown pretty well locally. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, but I say, like, now going Fairly. back to this one yeah. though, <laughs> uh, Ghost of the Machine was one of those first visual designs where I was like, you know what, and like, not, you know, like, I have, I do have tattoos, so I'm not opposed to getting them, but like, right. I, was, I was like, that was the only time I ever looked at a can or a bottle and be like, dude, I would get that tattoo. Yeah, it is kind of cool. It's really, it's and really I cool idea. And people, if you if you're out there and you see the handle on the, you know, people notice it. Like I said, mm -hmm. like you said, yes. people notice it. But dude, what is that? And so Jake went, Jake went four out of four on this beer. So where are you going? I, and I, I actually, I'm really glad he brought up when he was rating how he believes in the rating system. Period. It's because some people say, oh, you can't give a perfect score. It's like, okay, first of all, you can't. Any yeah, judging thing, you give perfect score. You know, people are like, well, if you just hand out, now, I'm not just handing out perfect scores, but you can give perfect scores to multiple yeah. beers. If the beer hits the dot, it hits the dot, and people should know that. Right. So I would give this one a four as well. You give it a four? 100%. Four yeah. out of four. four. Yeah, four. That's the rating system. Okay, so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. He doesn't half pass it around here. There's no middle ground. That's no, why no, he doesn't no. do five. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit lower, okay? And the only reason is because we've got the Holy Ghost waiting in the wings, and and. I'm just, I'm just kind of nervous about okay. what that's going to bring to okay. me. Okay, so, so what you're doing is you're trying to settle down because you think there's a prettier girl in the corner. Is that what you're doing? Well, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's, yeah. So, well, I mean, yes and no. Like, the, the girl that you had tonight can be a five, and the girl that you have tomorrow can be a five. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's possible. Hey, a two and a three make a five. You know two what? Two and a three make a five as well. <laughs> I have to say this. I would rather change the scale then change my score if it's 100 percent drinkable at all times and it's beautiful beer to me Correct. five is fine but if you know what if the next beer is that much better are you gonna go you know what gonna I, go... i'd rather move the scale up than drop that oh, beer down two. without a, a doubt That's i correct. really would yeah. i would you know or it's, say it's a four four it's okay to say yeah that. you know what everybody has slept with like a ten but have you ever had five twos uh well I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm but the, the point is, is I would, I would really rather change the scale because over the years, you're always going to get uh, more innovation. You're always going to get better things, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to develop. So what is a 5 for 1912, right, uh -huh. is not what a 5 is for now. I mean, you're talking about, especially we talk about early 18, I'm sorry, late 1800s. Uh, the beer they drank then to us would be subpar at best. You talk about 2000 B.C., that beer would be barely drinkable for us, but cool. for them, that was some top-notch stuff. I would rather change the scale yeah. and alter what's going in the future than I would to go back and reserve. So is that an alter in in our future of the Ghost of the Machine as we're living in the Matrix and being controlled by the machines? Yes. Right. 
is the future coming that quickly? Because we talked about this like prior to Jacob showing up, right? The social construct. Social construct in 1950 versus 60 versus 70 versus 2000 mm -hmm. is all a little bit different. So I can't judge the social construct of 60s versus, uh, with the, the same lens that I have in the 2000s, right? Mm -hmm. Or 2020s because it's a different time period, different knowledge, different era. So are we moving along the beer continuum that quick to where in the 15 episode history of the, the Hot Tub podcast, although it is a storied history and very valued among our 10 listeners, are we ready to move the scale up? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So I want to, I really want to put this. So. Leave it at four. I want to, I want to, well, I well say, let's go ahead and, it let's moves go ahead and brand this the, the fastest evolving podcast on podcast radio. What do you call it? Like on the interweb? But you know, you, let, let's let's on take current cloud. examples. On this, the cloud. This is this is the fastest moving in this hot tub. This I've never seen a podcast <laughs> go grow so well in this hot tub, right? Okay. But let's let's really put an example on it, right? So Winter Stout by St. Arnold, right? Uh, they started producing that uh, early two thousands. I don't remember the actual day, but going back and trying that when they re released it in two thousand and nineteen, right? Uh, I grew up on that beer. Any day of the week, I would have gave that a solid five, a solid four. I would give it the top score that was possible just just because it was it was such a good beer. But going back and trying it in 2019, 10 years later, eight years later, wherever we land, mm -hmm. it hands down is not what what we thought it was. It was much thinner. The, the roast came through much more mild. It was more sessionable than what we thought. You know, and so if we don't leave ourselves uh, the ability to change the scale rather than our ratings of the beer, I think we're underplaying what we have as a value for our industry. And if we have to say, okay, well, we rated DDH Ghost for this time, well, we just had something that was so much above it. If I went back, I'd rate it a 3.5. I'd rather do that than reserve that number and say we only wanted it to be a three because I think there will be a four in the future. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, like, I agree. And that's what's fun about this. All this is subjective. And so that being said, we're going to take a little bit of break, right? We're going to take a break off of the DDH uh, Ghost of the Machine, and we're going to come back with the Holy Ghost, which is the... There we go. Like, it came with its own like preface music. That was beautiful. Um, so we're going we're gonna to drink it. This is the, the triple... Ghost in the Machine, correct? Yes. Oh, I think it's double. I think it's double double dry hopped. Yeah. So it's not necessarily triple, but it's not necessarily not. It's the double double dry hopped. The double double dry hopped. The double double. The double double. In a moment. My daughter Luplin. Okay, so they're gonna name Gaia. their daughters Luplin. <laughs> So explain. <laughs> you neither of you have daughters. Negative. That Negative. I know of. I've I, got two. I'll be honest. I don't want a daughter. You don't I'll want love a daughter? her to death if I got a daughter, but I'd, I'd rather a boy. Are, you, are, are you worried that like you're gonna have a daughter and then all of that is gonna come back and don't want you? Not necessarily. Or you just don't want to deal with it. Because uh, when I, you have a daughter, you have to worry about. Yeah, leaders. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So I grew up in a family of just leader. boys. Uh, oh, okay. So my mom was the only woman in our family. We didn't grow up with like cousins around us. Like they were all different states. And so, all honesty, it's just a realm that I am so completely oblivious to. Gotcha. Like I understand periods and women and all that stuff, but I do not understand growing up. Ironically, with all that stuff. though, your other half is the opposite, right? 
It's mostly females. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm going to have a girl with her, you well, know no, what no, I mean? No, 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 yeah, 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 no. But like, I'm just saying, because I'm, I'm the same way, though. I was the opposite of you. I grew up in a thing with women. It's just me and a gaggle of women. Yeah. And uh, I think it's what you call them, a gaggle. A gaggle, yeah. yeah That's sure. the technical a name. A gaggle, yeah. a murder. Yeah. I mean, a murder. A murder, of, <laughs> a murder of women. Let's be real. Let's be <laughs> that real. actually might be more accurate. Uh, I like that like, that's pretty good. What are we, crows? Y'all all heard that. Carol Baskins. Carol Baskins. So we're we're moving on to the Holy Ghost. We're we're uh, exploring the spiritual side. Yeah, it's it's all on it's all on uh, it's all on the podcast. Uh, I, I snuck I snuck the recording going when uh, when when Jake and Jacob were both uh, talking, <laughs> talking about, about having daughters. Having daughters, <laughs> daughters named Lupin. I seen it. I just want to. Pull the out of him. Uh, nice. You're welcome, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're we're jumping in the Holy Ghost. This is the. No. What do you mean by that can art? Uh, this can art is it's it's fucking awesome. It's like the negative space can art, right? So like mm. you you painted it yellow, but they blocked out certain spots. It is completely mind blown. Skull and hops going everywhere. It is nothing but gold and gray. Um, it is. It's, it's fucking cool. Like, I'm going to steal the this, can from you and put it on the This reminds me of James in Warzone. Is that accurate? No. My top of the head missing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I will say what I love about this, though, is the art is good, but it's very black oppie. It's very, it's very uh, under the radar. It's one of those ones where if you see it, you recognize it right out. Yeah. But yes. the if person, you're looking for it. If the person who does not know what it is... You'll pass right over it. You'll never, you'll never notice it. You'll never understand it. Right. But everybody else that knows what it looks like, it is a sore thumb that you will not miss and you will not sleep on. So I recently had, an, an, a, besides this can that I brought, I had another can, and it was uh, a gentleman was uh, just happened to meet me at a bar or talked to me at a bar. He saw oh, my gentlemen. hat, and he was like, "Hey the man, mm -hmm. you know what beer I really, really want?" And I, he, he told me, "He's like, yeah, I've been trying to. He's, he's been searching for it, so he's been looking for that golden can." I was like, I can get you one if you need me to, dude. He's oh, like, nice. seriously? I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I, I enjoy seeing people's face light up when they are able to try mm -hmm. that beer they've been hunting for. You know what I mean? Because I know what it feels like when I do the same thing. And, and that yeah. one sold out in 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And I, and I pulled the can out of my trunk and his eyes. So he, like you were saying, he, he anyone else would have been like, is what that is? it? If they yeah. didn't know. But he knew. He knew what he was and looking he for. Was, it was like I would just pulled out. Like Excalibur, and he was king. You know what I mean? Like yes. it was yeah. like the greatest it, thing it in his life. It is the holy grail of uh, double hazy IPAs. For sure. And so, what separates this from the double dry hop ghost is the addition of different types of hops. Correct. Correct. We have Nelson, we have Galaxy, and Cryo Citra. Okay, so you were explaining Cryo Citra to me before. So explain to me what why Cryo Citra is different from regular Citra. You know, I'm, uh, I'll try to layman terms this, this as best as possible. I don't smoke marijuana no more. It's, 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 it's been okay. 10 years. My, my audience been is incredibly years. intelligent. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's actually it's crazy how similar marijuana and hops are to each other. They're actually a very similar class of plants. They're very, very parallel in what they do. Okay. Uh, but the same with marijuana as it is as hops is they have these crystals that stick to the outside. They look almost like lollipops when you zoom in uh, on a microscope. They're these like hairs that are crystalline. So what they're doing with these um, hops is they're they're super freezing them and they're shaking out all of these crystals. The same that you would get keef from marijuana in the bottom of your tray. They're freezing them and they're getting these same hop crystals called lupulin, uh, and they're using that. So you're going to get a very bright, a very floral, very um, 
complex flavor out of the product you were already going to use without as much dark plant matter. You're not going to have as much green fibrous plant matter. You're going to have mainly these aromatic crystal flavors. And so that's what cryopop like, is. This should be like uh, citric concentrate almost. Does that make sense? In a way. Am in I a way. Yeah. It right? uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's one of those, those funny things I wish I had a really good analogy for. It's not necessarily a, um, a concentrate, but you're definitely isolating a certain flavor aspect of that range. The best way to kind of describe it is they took the concept of, uh, you, you guys know what icebox are? Have you mm -hmm. ever seen an icebox before? So the way they do that is they do uh, uh, um, fermentation distillation and they'll freeze during the fermentation. Freeze right, sorry, freeze distillation. They'll freeze during fermentation and then skim off all the ice, basically getting rid of all oh, yes, the yes, water. Yes. Okay. Which doesn't just change the ABV, it changes the flavor profile. Correct. Correct. So it's that kind of concept. It's like, and I'm, I'm guessing it's kind of the whole, when people go to the, the place where they try to lose weight and crap, mm -hmm. and they freeze themselves for, I'm guessing it's the same kind of maybe concept they're using there, is you're freezing it to get rid of the things that you don't want to so, superimpose okay, so what those, you do those, want. Those places are like, so if you're talking about like the cryo deals that, you, that people go to. Right. Okay, so those are primary to, primarily to decrease inflammation in tendons and joints and muscles to recover quicker so you can go back and do more work faster. Okay. And like to, so to is, is that they're trying to freeze like, the, like a, with the, the, the liquids in your joints or something? Is that what the concept well, the, is? Not or? necessarily liquids in your joints. So anytime you work out, right? And you're, you're a workout guy. You, uh, like, I'm I'm uh, creating I'm creating. Yeah, Jake is probably the most swole out of all of us right here. Science. Um, yeah, it is science. Um, so it's it, you're creating you're creating inflammation in the tendons, the ligaments, and, and the joints, right? And so the body recognizes that inflammation. Of course, I'm get this is this is where my degrees kick in, right? So your body recognizes that inflammation, it adapts and goes, oh shit. I gotta be stronger in order to handle this stress next time, and it overcomes it. So when when everybody talks about ice baths and, and cryotherapy and things like this, so it goes back in and it interrupts that process and it takes away that inflammation. The only problem with it is is that so if it if I take away that inflammation, now I'm going down a completely different road here, is is I'm stunning the adaption of the body, and I, and I'm holding it back from actually repairing itself, and so. It, it, I know I've gone down a completely different road, but right. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Right, so like I don't want to necessarily go to cryotherapy as a part of training. I want to go to cryo cryotherapy if I'm wanting to peak or get ready for a competition so that my body feels right because I don't want to stunt the adaptions on the way to that mm -hmm. competition. You know, and you're absolutely right. I actually, I, I, I kind of figured out the perfect analogy for this when I say perfect. It's mediocre. But when you eat steak, right, have you ever had a T-bone? Yes. Mm. So, right, so a T-bone... Now has a bone that goes straight down the center, mm -hmm. and you have a, a piece of meat on each side. Right. Well, one side is going to be the New York strip, mm -hmm. and on the inside, you're going to have the tenderloin. And obviously, from where you cut it from the cow, de determines you know how much strip and how much tenderloin is on each side. So when you're doing a, a cryo hop, you're actually isolating one side, right? So think about okay. think about if you wanted to just cut out just the tenderloin, no bun, right? And you want to pull it from this part of the plant. Uh, you're really isolating that one little part, even though you have both parts. Right. You wanna you wanna highlight these alpha acids, or you wanna highlight uh, the the bitter uh, aspect of this plant. You know, the big thing is is you're able to isolate what it is you want out of that hop because it's a whole cone, it's a whole range of chemical. You have you have so much going on, and that's what they're doing is they're freezing it to isolate one single portion 
to create the flavor that you get. There you go. Does that make sense? It does. It's it just does. the tenderloin of the uh, T-bone. You know? It's the, it's the, or the tenderloin of the citra. Yeah. Right here in your glass. Of the C-bone. With, with <laughs> Galaxy and what was the other Wait one? Mosaic? Uh, this one's Galaxy, uh, Nelson, and Citra. Galaxy, Nelson, and Citra. So you can, you can tell off the nose that you're going to get a different nose just based off the fact that we're putting more in there than just Citra. Yeah. So on the flavors, the nose is a little bit weird to me. Mm-hmm. Not bad, but different. You can definitely tell the difference between that and the uh, the DDH goes. I think your dog's actually been licking the inside of this cup because I just smelled your dog. <laughs> I think I, I think I might I have I'm I might sorry. have turned my back just a I'm, little bit. I'm sorry, Bingo. I'm telling Bingo, Bingo, Bingo has made several episodes. Bingo appreciates good beer, and you've seen him right here. Like if you open up a beer that he's not interested in, he stays still. If he opened up a beer that that that. He, he trots up. Uh, oh, look, we're talking about him. I'm telling you, I think I think he grabbed a little sneak uh, taste while I was not looking away. Oh, I apologize. I have another clean glass no, 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 here no, no. somewhere. No, no, no. We, we'll bear through it because at the end of the day, this is actually a really fantastic beer. It is a good um, beer. If you mix in like one hundredth of dog slabber, uh, it's still worth it, honestly. Mm. Nice. Don't be afraid, afraid to leave this around your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the flavor I'm getting, it's still dry, still a good dry beer, not not super sweet. The resin does stick to my tongue, but it's, I don't know, it's a very sessionable, is there such a thing as a sessionable double? Because this feels there, like it. There is, there but sure the is. ABV is not sessionable on this the one. The ABV no. is not sessionable, you're correct. So we're looking at over 11 point on this beer. Yeah. The, the, the IBUs, you know the IBUs on this? I couldn't find it. You know, um, that's another convoluted thing that I'd love to touch on. Um, IBUs are great, but they are not the same as perceived bitterness. Uh, so they can help you understand the general aspect. But sitting at 100 IBUs can mean a lot for each different style. Yes. And that comes down to your malt build. So if you have a stout with 100 IBUs, obviously you're going to have a little bit more bitterness than what you expected. But in all reality, that's not what defined the beer. And when you have your IPAs, there's also this um, debate whether you can actually perceive the bitterness over 100 IBUs. At what point do you no longer uh, register how bitter this is? Which, you know, is a, is a valid point, but at the end of the day, all it does is give you a scope. This could be 250 IBUs, which obviously is not a real thing, but it could be, but at the end of the day, uh, it's so well balanced with the malt build mm -hmm. and the ABV and everything else that goes into it. I think the IBU is really a mute point, but it's going to be over 100. It's going to be over 100. And well, and then sure. me and Mandy had this conversation the other day. There's a point at which the human tongue stops processing this, and I think you were talking about it on one of our other episodes, right? So, it, like, it's so 90 something IBU or 100 IBU, the human tongue can't really process past that. Right. So you can say it's over that, but and, and that's then that's not just what I mean. That's just an IBU, like you think of like the whole Scoville units, right? Oh, this is 17,000 Scoville units, and this is what the cave at a certain point, it's hot as hell. Yeah, yes. Do you, do you really know the difference between the bomb and then Devil's Advocate? You know, like, I, I you know? hate to say it, uh, yes, but uh -huh. it's more so the next day, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I That's will say this, though, yes. when you talk about IBU versus SRM, ABV, everything that goes into it, um, IBU is actually derived from the formula of your recipe, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not an after-the-fact calculation. I'm sorry, it's not an after-the-fact 
measurement, it's a calculation from the recipe itself. Now, when we talk about right. SRM, you have a photospectrometer, which actually measures the amount of light that passes through X amount of alcohol and what ends up on the other side. So that's an actual measured unit after the beer was brewed, while IBU is derived from the recipe, right? So as, as much as we want to rely on that, it's, it's really a mathematical formula rather than a measurement, okay. which is kind of a very peculiar thing to work with because it does tell a lot about what you're going to drink, but it does not tell you a lot about the final product. Right. And so on this beer, if we're, we're tasting this beer, we're looking at it with all the complexities that are involved in this beer. Uh, between cryo hops and the perceived IBUs and, and everything else that we're throwing into this. As a hot tub beer, break it down and we're, we're going to bring it back down to layman's. Does this meet the 4.0 that you gave the DDH Ghost? So this is, this is a, uh, it's, it's a difficult one for me. Uh, you might be surprised. I would give this one a 3.9, right? And, and I'll put it this way. It is a fantastic beer. I absolutely love it. I adore it, but it without a doubt hits a spectrum of on a special occasion, right? So DDH That's goes to the machine point. is morning, day, night, right? I, I think it, yes. it'll pair with just about anything. Give me some spicy wings. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, I would not eat any food with it. I would only have it in the evening and only on a special occasion. Yes. Uh, it's absolutely delicious, but it does deserve its own platform because I think anything else involved will muddle its um, its pureness. No, and, and I, that's, a, that's a very good point. What are your thoughts, Jacob? Uh, so I would so far give this a 4.0, but for a different reason. Okay. Uh, I agree with what he was saying, though. Like, the DDH Ghost is something that you can have anytime. I don't think I would have a Holy Ghost anytime, even if it was ready to label, which it's not. Right. But I do think this is one... one so, there's there's... I think it's still going around all over the social medias and everything. It's 100 books you should read before you die. Right? Well, if there's 100 beers you should have before you die, this is going to be on it. Okay. 100%. Yes. Sam Adams Utopia. Cantheon. Cantheon. Like, these are the beers you're going to, uh, 120. You know, these yep. are the beers you have to have before you die. Holy Ghost is that case. And I, I, I don't want to see Holy Ghost on the shelves. Yep. on a regular basis i don't want to see holy ghost you know it, it should be a special occasion but does it still hit that mark of 4.0 sure for a different reason but sure yeah no and, and i agree with you I, I like that i like that interpretation and so like just listening to you talk i'm i'm gonna go 4.0 and and the reason you're saying like this is a special occasion beer right mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna sit in in the hot tub on Valentine's Day with a charcuterie board mm -hmm. and enjoy a ghost I machine. I love a good charcuterie okay. board. Okay, so like I'm gonna sit, yeah, <laughs> the cooter cooter. Um, <laughs> it's, it, no matter which way you say it, it, it's it's fucking great. And this this fits. Like you can come in and you can have this, but you're right. It's a special occasion beer. Mm -hmm. If I want to pull all stops out, if I want to get in the hot tub with my wife and have something special, if I just want to enjoy an evening no, to where. Everything is off the... Uh, sorry. I'm married. These two guys aren't. Um, we'll be your wives. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Mandy would actually give me to you. Uh, <laughs> until she needs something done around the house. Um, then then, I, then she'd call me back. But um, it's... it's. I, I agree with you there. I, I, I like that interpretation. Yeah. It is, it is a very special beer, and you don't want to see that. 
You don't no. want to see that go and be saturated into the market because it kind of takes the specialness away from it. It is, it is what it is. It is unique. It is special. And and for that point, like I, I like that that 4.0 rating. <clears throat> now I'm not going to get out here and slam these because I'd feel guilty no. if mm -hmm. I had a bunch of them. I came yeah. out here and slammed them. This is something to be enjoyed, and I think that needs to go out there. I think, you know, I, and I'm sure I'm not naive enough to think that only people 21 or over may be listening to this or be drinking beer, right? But the, the point is, is... Or be American. Or, or American, for that matter. You're absolutely right. The, when, when you drink beer, the point here isn't to get as fucked up as I can be. It's, what are the flavors, and can I enjoy it? And, yeah. and how do I enjoy it? And, and the, the side effects of the alcohol are almost like an added bonus to the flavor of the beer, the complexities of what you're tasting, and, and what goes along with and it. Does that make sense? I think that's the big standing ground right now. We, I, mean, I mean, I'm mean, i sure we've all heard it before. You see it on Facebook, uh, and people make TikToks, and, or tic whatever they're called, and they're making fun of craft beer people, and oh, not all craft, like I'm a craft beer nerd, yeah, for sure. But I'm not like, oh, you know, like I, I just enjoy enjoying beer. Yes. Whereas there, you, we're here in Texas, so you just you're here, and they're they're in Florida, and they're in Georgia, they're in a lot of the southern states. The good old boys are like, man, I got this twelve pack to pound it, man. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Like no, like that's the thing about craft beer and the revolution with it is that we're here to enjoy this. But you can still pound it too. Well, As somebody pounded. that pounds live oak pills, lager beer, and seven iron, it's still yeah. there. Or Montucky. Yeah. Or Montucky. Yeah. And you know, I, I think the big thing is is. We grew up in an era where Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light was the standard, and everybody had their own one, and that was it. And we are now at a point where we can pick what that is. We can enjoy something a little right. bit more. Absolutely. Well, thanks for taking the trip with us to Broussard, Louisiana. Uh, please make sure that you're following. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Blast it out to as many people. Thank you, Jacob Baker, for bringing the, uh, the Parish Brews to the, uh, the podcast today. Thank you, uh, Jake Thorne, for being here and representing Thistle Draft Shop. Uh, until next time, guys, I hope the hot tub stays warm for you. Oh.